Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Former U.S. Attorney Mike Hurst says this month alone there have been more than 100,000 arrests at the border. This puts us on pace to have more than 2 million illegal immigrants come across our border this year. The new Secretary of Homeland Security said we're on pace to have the biggest illegal immigration surge in 20 years. Hurst said he finds it incredible that the White House refuses to call the situation at the border a crisis. They have even deployed FEMA. You know, you know what the E in FEMA stands for? Emergency. And with billions of federal dollars on the way, will the legislative session be extended? House Minority Leader Robert Johnson. You know, we got $2.95 billion coming down from the federal government. It's our responsibility to appropriate. Some of that money is going directly to the cities and counties, but uh, probably two-thirds of that is coming to the state for us to appropriate and do uh, things associated with the pandemic. We have to kind of keep our doors open until that gets here. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. This is professional ball player Jake Mangum. I know what it's like to live, eat, breathe, and play in Mississippi. And no other insurance company competes on my level like Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. I love my home team at Farm Bureau because they get me and they get what I need. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Many people are still reluctant to get the COVID vaccine, but Dr. Nicholas Conger, an infectious disease specialist with Goldport Memorial, says they work. These vaccines are better than what you're hearing. They work phenomenally well. There's a hesitancy because the vaccine studies didn't look to see if you could be an asymptomatic carrier. So they said, well, let's assume you all. More and more data every day is rolling in that shows that if you're vaccinated, you're more than 90-95% unlikely to ever transmit the infection. So it not only prevents you from getting sick, it shuts down transmission. And a licensing bill has been signed by the governor. Douglas Carswell, president and CEO of the Mississippi Center for Public Policy, explains why it's so important. This means that it has become much easier for Americans who've got the occupational licensing out of state to come to Mississippi. They can move to Mississippi and they can earn a, earn a living. Nearly a quarter of all jobs require a license of some kind in Mississippi. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. In Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. NIT basketball action today finds the Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on Louisiana Tech, who is also Bulldogs, at 2 o'clock this afternoon. One thirty will be the airtime on the MSU Basketball Network. The winner of that game will go on to the championship game, which is at 11 o'clock Sunday morning. The loser of the game will be in the consolation game Sunday afternoon, and that's a 2 o'clock tip-off in Texas. In the women's NIT last night, the Ole Miss Lady Rebels took on the Panthers of Northern Iowa, and the Lady Rebels pulled out a 60-50 to win, and they will go on for the women's NIT championship, which will be played Sunday in Memphis, and the Lady Rebels will take on Rice for the women's NIT championship on Sunday. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. 
Due to the coronavirus, everyone has been asked to practice safe distancing from each other. The propane industry has been classified as essential workers, so we will continue to service our customers. In most cases, only essential work is being performed, such as gas deliveries. For the safety of our workers, we are asking you to check your propane gauges and call your propane supplier when your tank gauge reads 30%. Rules and regulations require the propane professional to leak test your system and put your propane appliances back into service. The only way this can be done is for our employees to enter your home. With the coronavirus, it is not safe to have outside people entering your home, and currently our employees do not feel comfortable entering homes. A time could come when we are not allowed to enter home, so please check your tank and call your propane supplier when your tank gauge reaches 30%. From all the members of the Mississippi Propane Gas Association, stay safe and God bless. Baseball action yesterday saw the Ole Miss Rebels take two from Alabama, winning game one by a score of nine to six. The Rebels went into the top of the ninth inning, trading three to one, pushed eight runs across the plate, and took a nine to six win from Crimson Tide in the first game. In game two, a two nothing win for the Rebels over Alabama. Ole Miss now nineteen and four, five and zero in the SEC. And play again today in the Game 3 of the series, 12.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Mississippi State, meanwhile, took on Arkansas. The Razorbacks pulled out an 8-2 win over the Bulldogs. Arkansas now 17-3, and 3-1 in the SEC, while State falls to 17-5, and 2-2 in the SEC. The same two teams play again today and Sunday. Conference USA opening weekend for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. They dropped the first game 3-2 to to Louisiana Tech, who is now 15-5, 1-0 in Conference USA. The Golden Eagles are 13-7 and 0-1. I'm Nixon Williams. This is Supertalk Sports Mississippi. Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome in. This is, in fact, Weekend Gardening. We have an interesting question on the text line that I think is really more for you, Raleigh, than for me. This is exciting. Can you handle that one for me? Um, appreciate you so much, Diana. She wants to stream Super Talk on her iPhone and has been listening on TuneIn for ages. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. Raleigh's going to send her a note and let her know about how to do it. I'll let you know how to do it. Raleigh's here, of course. Otherwise, Good you wouldn't morning. be hearing my voice. Um, you have gone for summer. I don't. I think that that. 80-degree temperatures in central Mississippi have inspired him. He has no hair left, and he's wearing shorts. So in case you see some guy wandering around outside, <laughs> you'll know. But you kept the beard. I always find that interesting. Men are so funny. Y'all, women, tend, we tend to cut all our hair off in the summer. We just shear it up, you know, and let, let it go. But the question, of course, is always, hmm, that man has a beard. Wonder. Why does he have so little hmm, hair? Hair on his head is gone. No, well, he had a big haircut. The good news is 
It's like a kid's haircut. It's the perfect one for summer. You literally won't have to look at it for two months. It's fantastic. That's great. Unfortunately, my hair does grow super quick. And so, I mean, it'll I, mess I, up the lines I there. I try to get a fresh haircut, you know, once a month or so, once every two months uh, for sure. And everybody out there is going, yeah, I remember when my hair grew like that too. <laughs> yeah, cut the beard. Anyway, the good news is we don't have to talk about any of that today because this is weekend gardening. My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as your garden mama, and I really do appreciate um, being that person. I have to tell you, though, the news that I have to bring you today is pretty interesting. So I hope that you're going to load up on phone calls and texts. You may or may not. There's an awful lot of, shall we say, exotic animal news today, um, food poisoning news, and uh, the impact of This is where we always have to look at things in sort of the sideways way. There are, there always are times when we say, well, it was just below freezing for however many hours in, in my backyard. Why are they, why are we still talking about the warming climate? Because it's doing that less often. And the averages over the years are turning us into a much warmer place than we were. Five degrees is a lot. Five degrees to to measure is a lot. And it has done that in the last several couple of decades since we have tested it now we don't know for the next one we know we're accumulating consistently warmer average temperatures for years so once they go forth and do our growing zones again we'll just have to get to know new numbers perhaps but it leads to a lot of other things we've um obviously we understand that fire ants are moving farther north we understand that burmese pythons that have escaped florida are now heading further north in in many cases but there's a new move in Florida that doesn't that goes beyond the pythons. They have taken a step that they agree they didn't want to do, but the environment. I love this quote. Rodney Barreto, who was the chairman of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, says very profound things in this particular article from the Tampa Bay Times. Um, and the environment trumps the livelihood on this one. Unfortunately, it's not an easy decision, but it's one we need to make. What did they do? They have made a ruling that people cannot own as pets or breed for commercial sale a long list of animals that are or potentially will be invasive. Um, I had a radio producer once in a, a land far away who had two iguanas as pets, and I always thought it was weird enough for him to want to do that, but I thought it was really unfortunate for the iguanas. And of course, it turns out that iguanas are one of the bigger problems in Florida. Um, They're found in toilets? What? In my house? What? Anyway, so the list that they're prohibiting now includes beautiful creatures, um, the Nile monitor lizard, the tegu lizards, the green iguanas, and then all the pythons, okay? Scrub pythons, amethystine pythons, South African pythons, North North African pythons, Burmese pythons. Anyway, some of them, of course, are established in breeding in Florida, and others are not yet established. That's why they're trying to prevent that from happening, because the climate is, frankly, much more exciting for the, you know, pleasant for the critters than it is for necessarily the, the native critters that were there. And if we have these invaders then we lose the natives before they can adapt and also before we can help them do that. So there's a whole lot going on in Florida. But the the other quote from another one of the commissioners that I appreciated was, these animals are out there doing lots of damage. 
And it's true, they're tearing up the habitat. So people that have the iguanas and tegus will not have to surrender them. Um, They can keep currently legal pets until those pets die of natural causes. And there will be some... There would be some licensing of breeders in this interim time as well, but like, you know, for research and for exhibits and that sort of stuff. But they're not going to, this whole business of go down to the pet shop and buy yourself a a monitor lizard is not going to happen. I'm glad of that. Ooh, that's a very good statement. (laughs) I like that one. Now, um, we're looking, of course, the, the, Questions of beautiful azaleas this morning, by the way, friends. Thanks for that. If you have a favorite one, of course, then you probably have already planted that azalea. But I got to tell you, I was reminded of Carl Bell's. There were some at the extravaganza here in Jackson. Uh, I, I don't grow them right now, but they were a relatively recent development when I was a young woman, and my father planted some. They were called dwarf azaleas in that day because their leaves are small and their flowers are small. However, the plants themselves are not small. And we had a quite a back and forth about how much to prune them when they grew taller than the plants behind them because he thought they were going to be dwarf shrubs. Anyway... It's a thing that reminds me to say to you, read the label. Because there are, for example, Coreopsis perennials, state flower of Mississippi, state wildflower of Mississippi. There are Coreopsis that will be 10 inches tall with their flowers on them, and there are others that will be 20 feet, 20 inches tall before they ever bloom. Okay? So if you put them in the wrong place, you won't be happy with them. Um, For example... There are plants that lean. There are plants that throw themselves around. I'm thinking of guara. And if you've not grown guara as one of your perennials, I would encourage you to do that. For something that literally goes all over the place and is airy and has kind of long, thin stems, you can put it just about anywhere so that it can add to other plants. It's not going to dominate the way a clump of something would do. Okay? Just something to consider. Um, We're having discussions this morning on the... uh, at my house about the compost (laughs) it's gotten a little out of hand there's a little more of it than i was counting on but i've gotten a compost turner and i'm fascinated by it um because it it does work i've used it a few times to make a nice potting mix almost it's an element for potting mix it's not the only one but I'm curious to know if you do a potting mix or if you do mix your own compost or that sort of thing, let me know about that. You may want to call in 888-808-8637 on the Super Talk call line, or you might want to send a text 601-879-4395. Yes, tropical species are moving northward in the United States um, as the winters are on average warmer uh, i can attest for, by the way by the way i can attest that the fire ants are not dead <clears throat> i found them yesterday they didn't find me i found them so i won on that one but from the university of california at berkeley research has been uh, bringing us not only the statistics about the fewer numbers of sub-freezing days over most of the american south but it has also made the cold sensitive tropical species that can survive here that list gotten has gotten a little bit longer and they are moving more farther north perhaps my you know 
Um, Burmese pythons I'm not into, but I, I don't expect them to be at my doorstep today. However, for those of you who have not experienced southern pine beetles, they are apparently moving north at a rapid clip, and they are devastating. So give yourself the opportunity to watch your pine trees. What you will usually, you may see holes in the trees and you may see, you know, frass and whatnot, but but even sawdust. But more likely, what you're going to see are areas in the pine tree as you look up at it that are just brown for no apparent reason. And that's when you need to go start and inspect the bark and look, begin to look for the borers because in my experience, that's the first thing that I'll see, that you'll see, Okay. Global Change Biology is reporting on these things. Sea turtles, Florida manatees, okay, fine, you know, that, that that's we'll bring them on. But on the other hand, um, did you know that the largest Burmese python that they've measured, that doesn't mean it's the largest one in the family, but the largest one in the Florida Everglades was 18 feet. So I'm telling you, I don't want those too close. But on a more um, painful level at home, the proliferation of mosquitoes, which you may have already noticed as the weather warmed this week, uh, bringing the diseases that they do is a big, big problem. And we've got to be very aware of standing water. We've got to be very aware of what we're doing in our environments that are either cons- either persuading the mosquitoes to go somewhere else or encouraging them to live with us, which we do not want. Now, I didn't know about this. I have uh, <laughs> always got something I'm learning. Have you ever wondered about salad and the bags of salad or the boxes of salad and, and how we're we're trying so hard to keep them clean and healthy to eat, and yet sometimes there's a problem, but even then... We don't always know why it came about or how it came about, so there's a, a lot of tracing that goes on, just like with any kind of problem that evolves into a public health issue like that. But a new study from the University of Southampton has just let us know that, really interestingly enough, gentle streams of water, sounds like your mother teaching you how to wash produce, doesn't it? Gentle streams of water that carry sound and microscopic air bubbles, mm-hmm, that's right, can clean bacteria from salad leaves more effectively than the methods that are being used right now. Could this possibly be the thing? We just need a particular, you know, we need that that sound piece in our sinks. We just need to be able to have have access to these things. Could it be that simple? Well, I hope so. I hope so. Certainly at the commercial level, I'd like to have it be so at my house. As well as reducing food poisoning, it could indeed reduce food waste because it's going to help keep the whole business, you know, better to eat and ready to be eaten. So that's the whole other part that we have to consider. One of the things that I've just read an article about that was sort of indefinitive or undefinitive, so I didn't bring it to, to you in great detail. But the question is, now that we're using all of these antibacterials on uh, on everything every day, how long is it going to be before the critters that begin to be able to resist them, okay, they adapt away from them? You know it'll happen eventually. It's the same questions that we always have about s- sunscreen is important, but on the other hand, many, 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 many people are now vitamin D deficient, okay? We, there's a balance in there someplace that we've got to figure out. 
Jim's in Laurel. What's going on this morning, sir? Lord, Mama, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. I'm actually I'm pollinated, but other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> I had to go to the doctor the other day. He gave me some pills, hit me. Oh Lord, this stuff kills my sinuses. Yep. And here I am wanting to set out more. But what I was calling about? <laughs> yes, my neighbor across the road has got some. They're not trees; they're bushes, but they grow up about five foot above the ground, then go splitting off and going straight up. And I got some of them things up about two weeks ago. I put them in a fire, cuttings off of it, to where they split again and go up about five different directions. I put them in a five-gallon bucket, about four or five of them. I didn't put much water, just enough to cover the where they split at, and left it long. And then when this rain come in, it filled up that bucket. Now mm-hmm. these things are blooming everywhere on the bottom end, not the top, but the bottom end. <laughs> what do the flowers look like? God, Mommy, I ain't had but one cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. But anyhow, uh, my question is, this ground around here is a roadway. It's impacted good. I want to set them out here about four foot off the road. But I want, and I want to know, I dig down with a post over there that's about so deep. What do I need to put in that hole? What kind of material? Well... In this particular case, because they're obviously so tough and doing so well for you, and for your neighbor, too, I would probably just mix in a little bit of some gravel or some sand, something just so that it doesn't turn into a a, a concrete, hard piece of dirt immediately when you put the plant in it. It really doesn't matter. Just something to help it stay loose. I was going to clear the dirt out of it and go back with a compost or something. Well, use some of the native dirt, though, and add in some compost and some sand. It'll be good. Well, my neighbor told me, he said, Jenny, said, I've been trying to get these things to sprout like that for years. I have never been able to do no good with it. I said, simple call. You just put it in a bucket, walk away, and leave it. <laughs> and that is good advice, sir. Let me know how it goes. Thank you, Jim. Have a wonderful day. That's great. Sometimes we do have to just walk away. I'm thinking particularly of rooting things like angel trumpets and, um, you know, Confederate roses and things. They're, they're just sticks when you put them into a bucket of water. And you literally walk away, come back much later, and it will be lovely. They'll be beautiful. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, my goodness, I'm glad that you're okay, Mike. We got uh, Mike from Houston on the C Spire. Yikes. C Spire text line. He's right. Always have your cell phone in the yard with you in the garden. He fell, was able to call a friend who came and got him back up. You never know what will come up. But he slipped in the mud. His four o'clocks are coming up, though, and that's the good report. Take care of yourself now. Put some aloe on those things, and they'll they'll heal better. Squeeze out some aloe vera in the midst of all the other things they've probably given you. Add that to your skin. That really does help close those things up. Bless your heart. I'm glad that you're with us today. Interesting, good questions. I'm coming in. Carolyn Summit has got insects on the back of the leaves of her gardenia. Woo, and the bush is 12 to 16 feet tall. <laughs> Going to take a close look at those. I expect I know what they are, but I never like to presume. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have a gorgeous day today around my part of the world. I hope yours, too. Ah, here it comes. Weekend gardening.
farming isn't exactly the simple life. It involves satellites and spreadsheets and high-tech machinery to succeed. You need equipment like spreaders and sprayers and combines and the financial tools as well. For more than 100 years, Mississippi Land Bank has provided the loans that equip agricultural businesses. We understand what it takes to make a farm work, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand. Mississippi Land Bank, mslandbank.com. This is Jake Mangum, all-time hits leader in the SEC. Two of the best decisions I've ever made were Mississippi State and Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. Both teams have supported me through thick and thin. Even though my college playing days are over, I'm excited to be a part of the Farm Bureau team. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by the Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. Are you turning 65? Humana can provide answers to your Medicare questions, including what are my Medicare plan options? Which Medicare plan is right for me? And how do I choose a Medicare plan? Listening, learning, and providing whole health support that meets you where you are. That's what we call human care. To learn more, call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local Humana sales agent. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Are you an employee or employer in search of flame-resistant clothing that'll protect your arms and legs but won't cost you an arm and a leg? Well, ESI Supply has you covered, literally, with full coveralls, button-down long sleeves, two-button cotton pullovers, and jeans to go with them. ESI Supply is your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. If we don't have it, we can get it at prices that won't burn the pocketbook. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. And online at ESISupply.net. ESI Supply, your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no-hassle guarantees so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. When you're in a pinch and you're out of options and someone says to you, I've got you covered, it's good news. Dr. Michael Ziegler this week on The Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Supertalk 97.3. Gold prices are approaching all-time highs. So if you're considering selling your gold or unwanted jewelry, now is the time. This is Newt Starnes, owner of BNS Diamonds and Jewelry in Flowwood, inviting you to get our price before you sell your gold. Whether it's broken, out of style, or just unwanted jewelry or gold coins, this is the best time to sell. DNS Diamonds and Jewelry. Simply put, we pay more for your gold and diamonds. 
DNS Diamonds and Jewelry, 144 Market Street, across from Amerigo in Flowood. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. It is such a great pleasure to be here with you on Saturdays and whatever day you happen to be listening to this broadcast. I appreciate being in your ear, having a chance to talk about gardening, having a chance to tell you about mine and yours and really, frankly, the ones that we're looking at as we drive down the street. I was uh, I was given a quick tutorial in the value and sort of both both the value as well as the futility of pruning i'm driving down a big street in in my neighborhood and on one side there's a lovely fence and a cute garden and and this and that and really the only thing you can see other than that it's nicely laid out is a wisteria that's in full bloom chinese wisteria in full bloom about maybe about six feet tall and hanging over the fence it's really lovely just beautiful on the other hand that clearly takes pruning at least every year um, you know, I talk about that, doing that in January, going along and clipping off that sidebar the same way that you would do to apples, the same way you would do to muscadines, because you want that flower to occur at that point where it can bloom, but you also want it to have all the energy of the stem behind it, of the branch behind it. So that's the, the obviously been done to this one because it is bloom is in such perfect bloom. But right across the street is its escaped cousin which is all the way in the top of the oak tree in the front of the neighbor's yard. And it's in bloom. <laughs> it's 30 feet tall. I thought that's exactly the story of wisteria. That's the story of so much gardening in our part of the world. If we let it go, it's going to do something. But if we just do a little bit to it, we can actually have something that is blooming where we can see it more readily, like from the back window of the house as opposed to the street. And also have the opportunity to watch it respond to our care. When we talk about the value of horticulture and the joy of growing plants, frankly, a lot of it's all about the way we're able to control them or at least achieve a little bit of control, or maybe it's just the way they respond to the control that we exert. And by that, I'm talking about horticulture therapy, of course. Horticulture therapy is the way of understanding. It's a modality. It's a formal discipline. But it puts to work all of the things that we share here. It puts to work the feeling that you get when you take care of a plant and it responds. The feeling that you get when you spend time with your plants and you groom them and you water them or you fertilize them or you prune them and they don't talk back. They only bloom or put on new leaves or maybe give you some food. You know, these are the rewards that we get from the objects of our affection in the, the plant world that are so beneficial to our own brains and our affection for ourselves, our sense of self-esteem, and our ability to say, I did that. That's a good thing. I did that. So that's what's going on in in the world of plants and horticulture all day, every day. Um, Let's see. Susan in Renfro is on the C SPAR text line, and you can be too, 601-879-4395. 
Can I take cuttings now for Ladybanks roses and how to root them? They're blooming beautifully. I love Ladybanks. For those of you who might be thinking, what is that one? I forgot. Ladybanks is in bloom right now, usually with yellow flowers about as big around as a large button. In other words, maybe an inch across. They are completely doubled flowers. Sometimes they're white, and frankly, the white ones are even more fragrant. Um, sometimes that's called Lord Banks. It just depends on where you're shopping or looking. But anyway, Lady Banks is a, a once-blooming rose that blooms on almost thornless canes. So, yes, you can root this plant in two ways. Right after she flowers is the time to select the oldest of the canes that didn't bloom that well and get those out altogether. You can root their tips. Or you can take them and lay them in a trench next to the plant. And really, layering in the ground is the easiest way to get the lady banks and and lots of these kind of um very vigorous shall we say roses but particularly ones that don't have that many thorns on them can be attacked by a lot of things and we we take take great pains to root them so all you have to do is lean the branch down to the ground dig a trench bury part of it leaving it attached to the mother plant put down dirt on top of that piece of the stem say oh let's say let's bury two feet of it bury it but also put something on top of it to hold it down because these are springy branches springy canes a couple of bricks maybe a board and leave part of it sticking out the other end okay so that you've got when you look at it from you're standing out in the yard and you're looking at it you've got the big plant coming out the bottom of it there's one cane or two or ten however many you're going to root into a trench and coming out the trench on the other side is the rest of that plant rest of that one's leaves about six months from now you will notice that this thing is has growing and is literally getting more established. That's when you're going to want to dig it up. I don't like the, – they might root in less time, but then it's the middle of the summer, which is not a great time for transplanting. So I would rather see you layer them now and dig them up in the fall to plant. Okay? I do like Lady Banks. That's a plant that we do we need to have, you know. Oh, that's adorable. She has it on a, a lovely pergola. That's beautiful. I like that. Um, let's see. Um, Scott's in Clinton. He wants to use cinder blocks for a raised vegetable bed. He's heard that there may be some heavy metals to leach into the surrounding soil. Generally, the heavy metals issue is around railroad ties or even old-timey landscape timbers that were pressure-treated with copper and stuff. Okay, that that's a different issue. Even those, I've found have been used successfully but you have to paint them you know because you want to you don't want the, anything to leach out so you paint them with a nice heavy duty coat of porch paint and then you're good to go but if you're concerned about cinder blocks those issues are usually not heavy metal related they have more to do with the amount of lime that's going to get into the soil and the way that it might affect the pH but People build beds with cinder blocks all the time. One of the best parts about building a bed with cinder blocks is that you go up two, and then on the top one you turn them sideways so you can have plants coming out the side and falling down, you know, the, the edge of your bed that you've just built. So it's a lovely thing to do. I'm I'm going to always put something on the inside. I put landscape cloth usually on the inside of any kind of raised bed that I build just because I want that separation. I don't I don't want that that cinder block or whatever it is to be in contact with my soil all the time i do not have a site for you to tell you that you shouldn't do that i can also tell you that lots of people do 
and my only knowledge about heavy metals is with railroad ties or old-timey, the old-fashioned kinds of pressure-treated lumbers, okay? I hope that helps. You know, lumber is always, and and how we're going to build the beds is always an issue. Some people find that they would just as soon go with cedar or cypress, maybe a little more expensive, but it's longer-lasting, and you don't have to, those issues are not, you know, you're not going to have to worry about those issues. All right. Um, Okie doke. Let's see. Coming up next. One, two, three. All right. On to Greenwood. Let's talk to Gillum about mosquitoes. Good morning. Good morning, love. How are you doing this morning? Very well. It's nice to hear from you. What's going on? Okay. I stumbled across something. I'm kind of an amateur scientist. A little backstory is uh, I had two large dogs and a water bowl that wasn't big enough. Uh, I was constantly refilling it. So I went to the dollar store and got one of these small wading pools, about four feet in diameter, a little bitty thing. Put it out there, but every two weeks I was having to dump it out because of the mosquito wigglers that, that were mm-hmm. in the water. Mm-hmm. And I got thinking about it, and so I went to the bait shop and got two goldfish and put over there in the water, and by the next morning they had eaten all the wigglers. Mm-hmm. So I just left them in there, um, and, and I, what I did was... I purposely caused the water to be classified as stagnant. And I had no other stagnant water anywhere around the house. And my mosquitoes went away simply because uh, their God-given instinct is to go to stagnant water to reproduce. Yes. They they can't decide otherwise. They have to. And the mosquitoes were, I mean, the fish were eating the mosquitoes when they landed on the water. Or while they were ovipositing, or the the little wigglers when they hatched, but it it broke the life cycle of the mosquito in my area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I like to sit outside, and and the mosquitoes went from thousands to a couple a night. Um, and I've been I've been telling other people about this, but uh, nobody seems to. Uh, want to listen? I guess. Well, you you have heart. you have wandered in with me, and this is the way I study science. I read something, and then that leads me to read something else, and then I read something else. You know, <laughs> it all kind of falls together. So you're you're in my bailiwick right here. Um, you are you're experiencing the, the joyful effects of ecological balance. <laughs> we all appreciate yeah, no, that and want it. Gambusia, green, no poison. That's right. The magic word here is gambusia. G-A-M-B-U-S-I-A. That is, in fact, a mosquito fish, and millions of them were taken and put into people's swimming pools across the south after Katrina because the water was stuck there and there was no way to do anything. Okay? And that's how they dealt with that problem because they couldn't even go in and do the reconstruction or or fix stuff because there were so many mosquitoes. And the gambusia was a you could you could literally be out there with, you know, dunks and larvicides and all that stuff the rest of your life. And you wouldn't do nearly what a couple of other hungry fish will do. (laughs) Well, so I'm all for it. I like it. uh, I I bet your goldfish got fat, too. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they 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 thrive. They they. I didn't have to feed them. No. <laughs> I, I put a little strip of wood across one corner of the 
uh, or the pond so that uh, they would have some shade. Right, right. And and I and I let leaves fall in it, you know, to get the methane going, so that the mosquitoes know where to go. Well, how do your but, fish? Uh, how do your dogs feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, actually started using a different different water bowl, <laughs> one one a little bit smaller. Uh, well, now all you need now all you need see are two or three pond plants. Um, a canna, a piece of cyperus, you know, some things, and you're, you're going to have an oasis out there. <laughs> well, that's that's true. That's true. But but the thing about this, people say that, you know, I don't want that in my yard. Well, you can stick it under or underneath the bush or back in the corner of the house or somewhere completely out of sight because uh, the mosquitoes are going by, I guess, smell. Uh, they're, they're attracted by other than by sight. So you you know it can be it. You can if your house is up off the ground, you can slide it up underneath the house. And but, that uh, might be an idea if you've seen how wet it is underneath my house <laughs> since this recent wet, weather. It, it, but but the mosquito is going to go to that water. They yes, that's to, right. They do, and they're and they're very effective it, at it too. And, okay, and, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm one of those people that has um, never met a good idea I didn't want to try. I can't give you any sites for it, but Gillian and I in, in Greenwood are happy to tell you that it worked at his place. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'll see. What I've, I've always got another point of view, and I hadn't thought of goldfish, but gambusias are, are well known for their ability to maintain that situation. So that's pretty good. I like it. Some information hither and thither. Let's see. Um, James is having fire ants pop up in one place and then the other. That's true. That's why you treat the entire property and then you treat the mounds. That's all. It's just a matter of doing both things. Let's see. Um, hey, Kelly wants to move some daffodils. And uh, the same question. It's nice that y'all are sitting together this morning. The... Um, you just the the business of, of fire ants. We talk about this every year. You got to bait the yard and then treat the mounds. So then, when they rush out of the mounds, instead of being able to start another one right away, they end up getting more baited poison, quote unquote, control products, and then they can't do it. So that's how that works. And um, you can dig up daffodils if you want to. If they're in bloom, I'd wait. But you can certainly do that. People do that right now. People people. Can I tell the truth? Daffodil season in the South is the time that that folding latrine shovel that you got at the Army Surplus Store is the best present you ever gave your grandmother because she's going to pull it out of the trunk and dig up those daffodils when nobody's looking and take them to the house. Come on, you know it's true. I know, y'all. I've been in your car. (laughs) Have some of your daffodils, as a matter of fact. Oh, my goodness. Now, one of the plant nutrients that we talk about all the time is potassium. We talk about we talk about leaves being the you know the shoots, the leaves, all that being so important with nitrogen. But we also talk about the necessity to have potassium and phosphorus. Those are the the two that we really really need in addition to nitrogen, but for different reasons and in different amounts. So let's talk about that a little bit. Get your phone calls. Take your texts. Talk about some upcoming events here in Garden Land and in Garden Mama World. By the way, come over and visit me at patreon.com slash Garden Mama. I'd love to have you in there with Garden Mama community. Stick around now. we got more to go here on Weekend Gardening. And the cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death. 
Open up the window, let me catch my breath. Mama told me not to come. Mama told me not to come. She said that ain't no way to have fun. The Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. Are you stuck inside but still looking for bargains on new and secondhand goods? Try HiBid.com, the online auction site for just about anything. HiBid.com offers a safe and easy way to find hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. From rare coins to fine jewelry, tools to vintage toys, and classic cars to real estate. HiBid.com has it all. HiBid.com makes it easy to find what you're looking for, and the site is simple to use. HiBid.com, that's H-I-B-I-D.com. And start discovering great deals today. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. It's a madness sale. We're back on the lot. The deals are astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on Highway 463 in Brandon at the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. Now this is something to get excited about. 21 Days of Beauty is happening now at Ulta Beauty. Get ready to feel fresh, new, and yeah, like you again. Give your routine a glow up with daily beauty steals of 50% off the must-haves from brands like Too Faced and First Aid Beauty. And explore the newest arrivals from brands like Tarte and Benefit. Discover endless ways to feel like your best self. Shop in-store, online, or try curbside pickup today. Hurry! This event ends April 3rd. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more.
Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Ridgeland Medical Clinic is a proud sponsor of the Gallo Radio Show, conveniently located in Ridgeland off Highway 51 North in the Oak Place Shopping Center. Call them to see Jody Adams today. things that is always wonderful at this time of the year is the ability to remind you who Leo Kotke was. <sighs> this is Bean Time from an album called Greenhouse that's really old. <laughs> For those of you who don't know anything about him, um, you, you probably want to inv- investigate because Leo Kotke is one of those people that, um, gosh, his works are much more famous than he is and sometimes i think that's probably a good thing um he's he's around he's lots and lots of stuff i want i keep associating him with uh interesting syncopation and a lot of times i think that that's what his finger picking really does lead to is an, a different point different way of looking at the same notes that you might have uh have forgotten about but I do think, and, and most people agree, that Greenhouse is his best album, even though the one that he released a whole lot more recently, frankly, sold more. But um, back in the day, <laughs> like a hundred years ago, he was uh, he was really the the greatest, frankly, the greatest writer and all of that. He's he's not that old, but he's very talented. <laughs> one of the people that has been. Um, I guess he's been writing music and playing music since the 60s. I probably didn't find him quite that early. But anyway, acoustic guitar doesn't get enough attention, so I like to be able to remind you of Leo Kotke at least once in a while. <laughs> at least once in a great while. Potassium, potassium. Why do your plants need potassium? Well, we think about nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium. Those are what are called macronutrients. Those are the big ones that we need Every plant needs those in the greatest quantities to grow, okay? Nitrogen we think of as shoots, leaves, um, you know, all of the uh, the greenery. We also talk about when we get to the next one, we go potassium and phosphorus. Both kind of go together for really good combination of roots and shoots or fruit sh- roots and shoots, fruit shoots and roots. doesn't mean you know, however you remember it is fine because the differentiation is really between nitrogen and potassium the element represented by k the one in the middle the potassium we tend to have enough of we tend i mean i'm sorry the phosphorus we tend to have a bunch of phosphorus we often tend to have a bunch of potassium those are really the two that we need to do that soil test to determine okay because you may not need any of it however if things are wrong when you have the pH is off, for example, on in your azalea bed, you've gotten soil that's too alkaline. It'd be happier growing asparagus than azaleas. That's always the joke in soil science. In that case, you will start to see a potassium deficiency. And yeah, that's it's one of those things that can be kind of dramatic. It it it's a a failure. It's literally um, the leaf margins begin to turn yellow and then black. 
and it it's not a healthy result, your plant can't grow. So potassium is one of those very, very important things. Now the University of Munster, working a team there from Germany and working with Chinese researchers, have shown for the very first time how the plant knows when it doesn't have enough or when it has too much. Clearly the reactions are not as good as we'd like. We'd like it to know when it had too much and stop absorbing it, but that doesn't happen. Now, one of the questions has always been, how do we do this? Plants, Some plants really can adapt well, don't even blink if they're deficient, whereas others have a big, big problem with it. That's why we've gone into the at, at the cellular level reporting in developmental cell and, of course, working with our good old friend Arabidopsis thaliana, the, the, the water, watercress thing, the crest rather, that is the subject of so much research because it's almost universal in its way, to, way that it acts. But the reporter protein that they found allows the microscopic investigation and detection of how much concentrated ions of potassium there actually are in the cells and the tissues. Well, that's crazy. We've never known that before. This can lead, of course, in in agriculture and horticulture to a much more specific recommendation, a much more targeted application, and frankly, a better use of the potassium when we're actually putting it there when the nutrients are passed on evenly or when they're not. So that's really very cool. Um, I love this. I don't even know what a potassium-sensitive niche could be until now, but that's what reacts to the deficiency, and that's what we're trying to understand more about so that we don't get that yellowing and necrosis of the leaves when we don't have enough of it. We want, and, And particularly when there's too much of it, we would really like to be able to get past that. Um, that's always been an issue for us. You've, you've seen, I imagine, gardens that have had too much of something put into them in terms of fertilizer. You've seen tomato plants that put on all the leaves in the world and not a flower or a fruit, even though they're in full sun, with, with apparently plenty of water. Well, they've had so much fertilizer, so much nitrogen fertilizer, that they can't access their potassium and, and phosphorus reservoirs to put on flowers and fruit. So that's how that happens. Anyway, I, I, I hate to say that plants don't know what they're doing. Clearly, we don't always know what they're doing. And I think that's the, the lesson to be done from this particular, the lesson to be gained from this particular piece of work. We don't know how they find out. We don't know how they sense and how they know until now where the potassium levels are and how they're affecting them. That's very, very cool. (laughs) Wonderful stuff. Ken's in Jackson, um, and he's he's got some repotted plants. That looks like a plectranthus, but I can't really say if it is. And that one looks like um, perhaps it is a philodendron. I don't know. Maybe something else. Um, I think they need some humidity. I think it's time to put them outside in the shade, and it looks like you've put some um, pelleted fertilizer in there, some Osmocote, and I think with a little bit of pleasant shade and outdoor humidity, they're going to be fine. Um, they don't look like they're collapsing. And frankly, after we repot, the first thing that happens sometimes is that four leaves drop off and the top collapses, and then we know we've got trouble. But these don't look like that. These just look like they're taking a little bit of a slow start in perhaps a cool room. 
So I'd, I would give them that opportunity. Outside, in the shade, some nice humidity. I think that will help. 888-808-8637. We were going to be around here for another hour, so I do hope that you will decide you want to join in. Stick with us. Coming up on April the 10th, I'm happy to tell you folks, that's right, I've had my second vaccination. So by April the 10th, I will be completely unable to go out in public. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to see my nose and mouth. It doesn't. I'm, I'll be From a distance, I will give my talk without the mask. But if you come up to say hello to me, I will be masked, and you should be too, because we don't know about the variants. We don't know about each other. And frankly, I don't want to bring you something from my house that you don't have at your house. Okay? That could be said for the flu. (laughs) In any case, I'm going to be a lot safer perhaps than I have been in other years. But I will be talking with you about container gardening maintenance at Buds and Blooms in Brookhaven at 1 p.m. on April the 10th. I'm very excited to be there. Now, the next week, the 12th to the 14th, our friends at the Garden Club of Jackson are putting on Art, Soul, and Bloom. This is a series of events to benefit their gardens at the Mississippi Museum of Art, and I really hope that you will get involved in that, too. The plant sales are coming along later as April goes along. Make sure that you get to those. But at the end of April, save a little time for the gardens of Madison County. We're going to talk about that. I'm glad that tour's back. It's a goodie. So much to do, so many things. And, and yes, as usual, we'll have some tickets here to give away. You interested? Get in touch. This is Weekend Gardening. coronavirus, everyone has been asked to practice safe distancing from each other. The propane industry has been classified as essential workers, so we will continue to service our customers. In most cases, only essential work is being performed, such as gas deliveries. For the safety of our workers, we are asking you to check your propane gauges and call your propane supplier when your tank gauge reads 30%. Rules and regulations require the propane professional to leak test your system and put your propane appliances back into service. The only way this can be done is for our employees to enter your home. With the coronavirus, it is not safe to have outside people entering your home, and currently our employees do not feel comfortable entering homes. A time could come when we are not allowed to enter homes, so please check your tank and call your propane supplier when your tank gauge reaches 30%. From all the members of the Mississippi Propane Gas Association, stay safe and God bless. Are you an employee or employer in search of flame-resistant clothing that'll protect your arms and legs but won't cost you an arm and a leg? Well, ESI Supply has you covered, literally, with full coveralls, button-down long sleeves, two-button cotton pullovers, and jeans to go with them. ESI Supply is your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. If we don't have it, we can get it at prices that won't burn the pocketbook. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. And online at ESISupply.net. ESI Supply, your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. 
Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. This week, Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith blasted Democrats' efforts to reform elections, which she said would upend Mississippi's voter ID law. She spoke specifically about a situation involving a woman from Brookhaven. Let me tell you about Jennifer Jackson in Brookhaven, Mississippi. My friend, she's a friend of Mitt Romney's as well, she called me and said, Cindy, I went to vote. They told me I had already voted. Then she looked above who signed her name and her deceased dad had already voted that day, too. So don't tell me there is not voter fraud. And many believed it would take years for revenue from the lottery to get up to $80 million. But it hit $84 million last week. Lottery Corporation President Tom Shaheen. One, I think a lot of people thought it might not do as well because you already had a couple border states with lotteries. And you, and you have casinos here. Shaheen announced this week he would be retiring in June. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it costs to bring you into this world and when you leave it and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. This is Jake Mangum. Some call me the mayor. No player wins any game by themselves. It takes a team. So if you want excellent customer service and competitive insurance rates, you need to go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau, just like I did. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfdins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Dr. Jeff Murdoch, a Southern Miss alumnus, recently won the prestigious Grammy Music Educator of the Year Award. Dr. Murdoch says music is a universal language and can help students who are struggling academically or emotionally. There's been so many students that I've taught who said to me, I would have committed suicide if it wasn't for your class, if it wasn't for music. I would have dropped out of school if it wasn't for your class and it wasn't for music. And I think that many administrators and school districts and the like need to see the way in which music can really change students' lives. And she won Miss Mississippi, then Miss USA. And now Asia Branch is getting ready for the upcoming Miss Universe competition. I'm super looking forward to it. I can't wait to represent the United States at Miss Universe um, and hoping to make everyone proud. So how does she unwind in her off time? Kind of like loving loose, singing, dancing around my room, and just, just kind of like a happy place for me to kind of just release and, and be free and be me. <laughs> Miss Universe is set for Sunday, May 16th. I'm Andy Davis. 
With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. NIT basketball action today finds the Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on Louisiana Tech, who is also Bulldogs, at 2 o'clock this afternoon. One thirty will be the airtime on the MSU Basketball Network. The winner of that game will go on to the championship game, which is at 11 o'clock Sunday morning. The loser of the game will be in the consolation game Sunday afternoon, and that's a 2 o'clock tip-off in Texas. In the women's NIT last night, the Ole Miss Lady Rebels took on the Panthers of Northern Iowa, and the Lady Rebels pulled out a 60-50 to win, and they will go on for the women's NIT championship, which will be played Sunday in Memphis, and the Lady Rebels will take on Rice for the women's NIT championship on Sunday. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Jake Mangum here. I got a lot of love from Mississippi in my time with MSU. Fans, friends, family, and teammates gave me more support than I could have hoped for. Farm Bureau Insurance was one of my supporters then, and they continue to take care of me day-to-day as my insurance provider. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. By now, most of the farmers in North Mississippi know us. And a whole lot of people who love this land for hunting and fishing know us as well. Mississippi Land Bank has helped finance farmland, farm equipment, country homes, and recreational land for more than 100 years. We know the people, the crops, and the best fishing spots as well. We know the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand. Visit mslandbank.com. Baseball action yesterday saw the Ole Miss Rebels take two from Alabama, winning game one by a score of nine to six. The Rebels went into the top of the ninth inning, trading three to one, pushed eight runs across the plate, and took a nine to six win from Crimson Tide in the first game. In game two was a two nothing win for the Rebels over Alabama. Ole Miss now nineteen and four, five and zero in the SEC. And play again today in the Game 3 of the series, 12.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Mississippi State, meanwhile, took on Arkansas. The Razorbacks pulled out an 8-2 win over the Bulldogs. Arkansas now 17-3, and 3-1 and in the SEC, while State falls to 17-5, and 2-2 two two in the SEC. The same two teams play again today and Sunday. Conference USA opening weekend for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. They dropped the first game 3-2 to two to Louisiana Tech, who is now 15-5, 1-0 in Conference USA. The Golden Eagles are 13-7 and 0-1. I'm Nixon Williams. This is Supertalk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. How in the world are you? It is springtime. Woo-wee. Everybody's a gardener in springtime, don't you know? <laughs> well, that's true anyway, because this is the time when my email box fills up, and most everybody that you're going to run into, you know, you're out and doing something in your yard. This is when the neighbor leans over the fence and says, what is that plant? 
and you get a chance to start up a conversation. This is the time when the kid next door wants to know, can I mow your yard? And you have to say, well, got other tasks for you, but I'm really fond of my yard, and I, I do it myself. Or, yes, indeed, or... Hmm, how good are you? Lots of things happen in the springtime, and many of them do involve taking care of that lawn. I want to encourage you to wait for your lawn to green up to do the fertilizing, but you can do a lot of other things in the meanwhile. For example, if, uh, like mine, you got a few onions blooming here and there, this is the time to get those cut off so that you don't end up with more of that particular weed. A weed is any plant growing where the gardener doesn't want it, and although I do appreciate um, interesting, you know, wild and, and native foraged weeds and whatnot sometimes, it just depends on what it is, I don't want that in my lawn. I have worked too hard on that zoysia to have it invaded by onions. So if you've got those kind of things going on, we can talk about that. If you're planting a tomato, maybe you want to tell me which variety you like the best or find out about mine. Maybe you've got some perennials that need to be dug up and divided, and you're wondering if now is the time to do that. Or maybe you've just got a question about a house plant. doesn't matter what it is. I'm your garden mama, and I'm here to talk about it with you. Take your phone calls on the Super Talk call line at 888-808-8637. And, of course, your texts on the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Don't forget, I will be at Buds and Blooms on April the 10th at 1 p.m. talking about container gardening. It's always a wonderful opportunity there. I look forward to being there. Um, yes, I'm vaccinated. And by then I will be able to go more about it than I have been. So I encourage you to do the same. Um, I don't. Gardeners are usually the first ones to want to try something new, try something different, try something tried and true. We are always wanting to try something. And in this case, um, in the case of a vaccine, we've got a lot of a lot of shots in arms under our belts now. I think you can proceed with confidence when you call. By the way. You'll talk to Raleigh first. Um, Raleigh's in. Howdy, howdy. He, he's he's having a, a lovely day today, because it's a day that one can. This is where we start flip flops and shorts, um, and we know we don't work here during the week. That's why we're able to do that. <laughs> this this is a place of decorum, except of course on Saturday mornings. Welcome in. Thank you so much for deciding to put this program in your ear, and that of course is weekend gardening. Speaking of trying new things, my dad sent me a text message, and yeah. he had a couple different questions. For okay, me. so okay. I'm just going to rapid fire these. All right. Uh, what is the best soil for strawberries? One that drains well and has all the nutrients in it that you can provide for them. They can't grow in clay or or muck. They have to have a well-drained soil. I grow mine in essentially a raised bed setting. Okay. So it's some native soil and some amendments to make it drain better. What is the best variety to grow in our area? That really depends. Sometimes it's the one you can find for sale. Um, and and we, we plant them more often in October than we do in the springtime, and that's when you will see more of them. You'll see some on the racks now, and the varieties that come here as physical plants are generally grown in Alabama, and they will do well here. We have probably eight or ten different varieties. Okay. Uh, best peach tree for our area? Man, there's some arguments about that. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that one. Because there are three or four that I like, but I don't, I don't know if I have a best. I'll see if I can come up with an answer. 
And the last question is, do you need more than one peach tree, or is there a good self-pollinating variety? It's always better to have two even when they're self-pollinating because you'll get more. Um, for example, the classic is, is native persimmons. You'll see one persimmon tree over by somebody's house, and it's got some persimmons on it. And not, not, I'm not talking about fancy persimmons. I'm talking about native persimmons. But then you'll see the house over here where they have two or three, and they have literally more than two or three times more, <laughs> 10 or 15 times more. We just that, – that kind of um, – it's not quite like plums. But with plums, we do need a specific pollinator variety. We usually use methylene for that, but peaches are a little bit different. So I'll, I'll do a little looking. I'll do a little looking into the peaches for you, Dad. Good deal. See if I can have a suggestion. Thank you. So Strawberries much. are usually what we end up finding to buy. I have ordered them and sold them myself here um, for other people, and done that, and they're good. But the, it's just usually what's available in the South. There's literally eight or ten varieties that'll do fine. Oh, that's so pretty. Brenda's in Brandon, and she's got um, a plant in bloom that came from the woods in scott county it's lovely that is a native azalea it does look like a honeysuckle sometimes it's called honeysuckle azalea for that reason i bet it smells good too (laughs) that's pretty um what you're looking at is the the native azaleas to me are lovely because they do bloom for the most part before they put their leaves on so they're kind of an early spring harbinger this year they're blooming at the same time as the other as these azaleas that never lose their leaves. So it's not quite as dramatic this particular time. <laughs> That's a pretty plant, though. I'm glad you rescued it. Um, is it too late to cut back Confederate rose in Brandon? How do you cut it back? Well, actually, at this point, you're going to be cutting off whatever froze because it's going to come up and grow plenty of new stems. But just go out and see whether it froze or not. And if it didn't, I might take off a couple of inches here and there, but if it if it froze like mine did, there'll be parts that you obviously have to trim off. That's why we usually cut them down in the fall so we can root them, because that's they're they're very vulnerable to that freezing. Raising Foxworth, what's going on, sir? How's your rose bush? Hello, Ray. Good morning. Welcome in. What's up? I have a running rose bush. That since it's put leaves on, has weighted it down and it's out of proportion. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wanted, wanted to know if I could cut it back. Well, sure, but I would wait until this first blush of flowers finishes. Okay. And right after that, you can. It won't interrupt its bloom cycle, and it it'll probably just put on more branches at that point. It'll it'll okay. be fine. A lot of times, I've got one right now. I was just thinking about this. I have one rose right now that has literally grown into the plant next to it. You know, it's still got its spot, but it's it's kind of bullied its way over into the the next spot. And I'm I'm letting it bloom because it's lovely. It's got a bunch of buds on it. But right after that, I'm going to take off that whole branch because it doesn't need to be there. So you can do the same. Okay, that's what I needed to find out. Thank you much. Thank Enjoy you. it. Good to hear from you today. I hope things are well in Foxworth. That's a cool place. Running roses are one of those things that we don't always think about when we have a fence and we're thinking about putting on, we might put a trumpet vine on the fence or we might put, you know, if it's a small fence, we might put clematis or chocolate vine or something like that. But running roses can do a beautiful job of really more than anything else filling the filling the surface with 
interesting leaves all the time. And then when those drop, even the canes underneath are kind of pretty. I like it. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to Los Angeles, or I should say if you had ever gone to Los Angeles back back in the when, um, back before the first President George Bush did the the Clean Air Act work that was done there. There was the Environmental Protection Agency, of course, came along. Um, another Californian, President Nixon, brought that into existence. But it, it was a little bit later on before we actually got the work done in L.A. that made it pleasant, frankly, to go there. Um, my experience of going to Los Angeles in the late 60s and early 70s was that the smog didn't burn off until noon, and as a morning person, that sort of ruined a lot of things for me. <laughs> it wasn't my place to be. I didn't like it. And then 10 years later, it was entirely, it is still entirely different. Now, it's still a polluted place, but it's not polluted in the way that it was or as much. So the, while obviously we measure these things when they do change over time. And given that the number of, um, the, given that there's a lot, a lot of trees in Los Angeles, you might think, well, they're obviously doing better because there's not so much pollution. That's true in many cases. But just like they've had to limit the number of fireplaces in that part of the world because of the pollution that they create, it's kind of a dome, you know, it's kind of a sunken spot there. It's also true that we're finding many interesting things that are emitted, chemicals that we don't want in the air at this point, are coming from plants. What? Yep, that's right. The restrictions on vehicle emissions, of course, have been very effective, and that's the good news. It's a it's a laboratory, you know, for, for I, I think about people in China that are having to live through them understanding that stuff pollutes and you got to learn how to live around it and you got to get rid of it. And we've learned both of those lessons very well in Los Angeles. But now the most concerning source source of, quote, dangerous aerosol pollution, unquote, may well be trees and other green plants now. I don't know if you've ever been to California, but they are as separated. They have as much geographic bigotry as any state in the country. And we know we have our share here. But geographic bigotry means Northern California people like the UC Berkeley folks that did this study are not predisposed to think pleasantly of Southern California anyway. So they've been measuring these things for 20 years and trying to figure out how come the, the it's, it, they started out at a higher level of pollution. They've dropped more. But what about heat and what about other introduced sources of pollution over this time frame? Well, as the vehicle organic compounds have gone away, they begin to look at other things that have unhealthy levels. And as hard as we look, we cannot find anything that has more aerosol pollution than many of these plants. I'm not sure how we're doing this. The, the, The scientists are letting us know that this doesn't make any sense, but as we all also know, there are more organic chemicals, more aromatics coming off of plants as the temperatures rise. So Los Angeles is kind of a laboratory for that, too. They're, they're, they're having actually a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity to glance back at President Reagan, whose point of view, of course, was that trees caused more pollution than cars, which may or may not have been true in 1981, but well, nowadays, in parts of Los Angeles, turns out it's true. There's actually very little vehicle pro- vehicle pollution because they do have different vehicular emission standards. 
and frankly, ones that are working. So we have to think about what else there is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's see. What's going on with John? Um, oh, we're mass communicating. That's exactly right. That's so fun. Good old um, radio station. Looks like the one from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which, by the way, does exist, too. <laughs> oh, goodness, fishing. That's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, 888 That is the phone number here. It is the Super Talk call line. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. And I'm, I'm in hopes that uh, there's some folks out there enjoying the one of the really beautiful spring flowers that we don't always talk about. That's pink dogwood. We think about the white dogwoods because we, they have a good bit of religious significance to many of us, and they have um, an opportunity in in themselves for being a difficult plant. But they're they're frankly the the prettiest trees you'll ever see. At times, are the ones that have both pink dogwoods grafted onto the white ones, so that both color flowers are there at the same time. That's an oddity. It's not necessarily something that you want to do. But remember, they grow the same. So whether it's in morning sun or in dappled sun all day long, a pink dogwood needs that super drainage that its cousin, the white dogwood, also needs. They're they're both Cornus, Florida. They both are native to the edge of the water. They're not in the water. They're up on the, the sharp part. They're, they they need to have literally have the water fall off their roots, okay, when it rains. So when you when you look at planting a dogwood, you think of it as an azalea with a little bit more persnicketiness. Prepare your soil and then plant so that half the root ball is above ground and pull the soil and the mulch up to that. It's going to make a huge difference. Got to be well-drained. But I'm telling you what, pink dogwoods are so pretty. They are traffic stoppers. We see a lot of pink in the spring garden, um, but about the closest to this kind of pink to me are crab apples, and they're not that common either. So either one of those uh, trees, if you're going to add something, I think would be lovely at this particular time. The southern crab apple not only has the edible tiny apples, you know, that you can make crab apple jelly out of, but it does indeed have one of the most beautiful um, fragrances. It's a, it's sweet smelling and doesn't smell like an apple. It actually has a different smell in, to my taste. I'm particularly fond of um, Crataegus opaca. That would be mayhaws. If you've not had mayhaws, I have one mayhaw in my in my garden, and there's not enough to it. It has never done very well, but it's a pretty plant, so I'm I'm reluctant to uh, to get rid of it. <laughs> I guess because it's doing well, I don't I want to leave it alone. Good question about fungicides. Um, do, do we need? Does anybody use Bordeaux mix anymore? That's a good question. Not so much. People do use it, but Bordeaux mix is specifically for powdery and downy mildew. So if that's been the problem, then you're more likely to use it than you would be, say, to use daconil or another fungicide that's um, broader spectrum, Maneb or any of those things. Um, Chlorothalonil is the one that we think of as being most most common fungicide, but it's not certainly not the only one that we use. It does, however, have more range in the diseases that it can help to 
control and prevent than does the Bordeaux mix. But Bordeaux mix, of course, is um, classic. You're right. It's it's. I mean, it's named for the wine region of France called Bordeaux, and it's all about being able to suppress those diseases at the beginning of the season with that wonderful get keep away from the powdery mildew and the downy mildew that can tear up the leaves. It's important. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of onions, things at Onion Acres are pretty good, but I did not harvest anything. The soil is just too wet, Raleigh. I will bring you some for your herb garden, but they're too wet right now. And that's even in my earth box. It was a wet week at my place. The good news is I'm picking green onions all day long. Just last night, put some in some in a noodle dish. Just delicious. Now, stay where you are because we got a lot farther to go this morning. Stick around for more weekend gardening. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it calls to bring you into this world and when you leave it and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Are you looking for something unusual or hard to find? You might just find it on HighBid.com. It's the online auction site for, well, just about everything. HighBid.com has estate sales, closeouts, liquidations, even government-seized vehicle auctions. It's easy to bid on office furniture, antiques, sports memorabilia, restaurant equipment, motorboats, even arcade games. You can search for items by name or simply see where the next page takes you. Visit HighBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com. And find out what you're looking for today. Basketball is mayhem, then you're going to think the deals and selection we have at Must of Jackson are insane. You will save big with low monthly payments on our amazing selection of cars, SUVs, and crossovers. Wait now, get 0% financing on most new 2021 Mazdas in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges. And Mazda of Jackson will give you your first year of maintenance for free. Credit issues are a thing of the past, as our credit team works harder than anyone else to get you approved. That's what I call a slam dunk. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. So get here today to grab your deal, because it is complete mayhem. And it won't last long. At Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. CX-5 stock number 4936. Three stock number 4846 with approved credit on select models. Realtors and homeowners, listen up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call two men in a truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit twomenandatruck.com. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. 
Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Are you an employee or employer in search of flame-resistant clothing that'll protect your arms and legs but won't cost you an arm and a leg? Well, ESI Supply has you covered, literally, with full coveralls, button-down long sleeves, two-button cotton pullovers, and jeans to go with them. ESI Supply is your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. If we don't have it, we can get it at prices that won't burn the pocketbook. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. And online at ESISupply.net. ESI Supply, your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. We can always uh, use a little more green onions. That's all right. I've been looking at a list of peach tree varieties, trying to decide what I like better um, to recommend to your dad. I'm I'm a freestone peach person. I don't care for clean peaches that much. So I'm going to stick with my the ones that I thought of in the first place. And they also are June ripeners, which is the other thing I like. Really early, early, um, early ripeners sometimes can get their blooms frozen by a freeze that like the one we just had. But I like Red Haven and I really like Majestic. They taste good, really good. I like both of those. They need a few more chill hours than something like Bicentennial. But I think well, I think depend, I think where your dad lives, I think you'll be okay with those two. There are lesser freezing hours. The thing about the thing about peaches is you don't need to, but you're always going to have more peaches if you have to. And I, I think, in my opinion, if you plant two different varieties, you're there's going to be self fertile. You're not going to get other peaches. But the point is that you're if one gets frozen, you the other won't. <laughs> it's my insurance gardening um, idea. Red, red skin is another good freestone one. That's a, a tasty peach that doesn't have too many chilling hours. If you need a whole lot of chilling hours, if you don't live where it's real, you know, the, the, these varieties are going to change. In five years, the list that's for south of Hattiesburg is probably going to be the list that we'll plant here in central Mississippi and so forth as things change. Because things change. That's what happens. Speaking of changing, who knew? Nobody knew this. Th- there, there were wonderful, wonderful when they invented core samples, we began to learn a lot more about the earth. When they began to figure out that you could put a shaft into the earth and pull it up and you would have years and years and years of soil and freezing and whatever it was, in this particular case, ice, okay? Mile deep Greenland ice, taking cores out of it for years. They have now found frozen plant fossils a mile beneath the ice of Greenland. What does this tell you? This tells you that things change. <laughs> things always change. My goodness. Um, d- during the periods of time, it's it's in fact sadder even to think 
that Greenland is probably more sensitive to these things than we knew because that's a big difference to go from green plants to, well, ice a mile deep. Good heavens. Jackie's in Brandon. This is a really good question. Is the topsoil or bedding mix at garden centers sufficient to use on their own, or do they need additional nutrients? Um, there are two answers here, maybe and probably, but the the question really for you first is, topsoil, if it's, this sounds terrible to say, topsoil does not exist in a bag. It, it will be the soil from the top of a, an area. I'm not saying that they're leading you down the wrong path that way. But the thing we know as topsoil barely exists anymore. And for that reason, I'll use topsoil as an amendment, but I'm not going to depend on it to grow a lawn or a tree or a shrub or a garden by itself. It's usually not, it's usually going to need to be studied both with your hands as well as perhaps some soil testing to see what else you need in that. Bedding mixes are a different story. When a large landscape, a large nursery that has a landscape service with it mixes their own bedding mix, they're intending it to go out and be put into the bed and be used just like that. A lot of times it's perfect for me, especially if I'm doing a raised bed or if I'm adding to that. You always hear me talk about digging up a shovel's depth of the native soil, whatever it is, and then adding to it. Adding that bedding mix to that is great. I've got one bed at my house that was done that way. And it, it's a good product. I'm known also for occasionally going and getting a scoop of the bedding mix and just working it into different places where I've got spots that need a little bit more soil than they have in them. But I would not do that with topsoil. I'm always going to want you to see what will grow in something or to test it for its nutrients. Or, and this is the joy of getting to know a local independent lawn and garden center, talk to the folks where you shop. Meet the horticulturist and say, tell me tell me how this is doing. The other thing, of course, is go out and put your hand on it. If you squeeze a lump of soil that, they're, that they want you to, to take and make into a bed, and if it hasn't rained within a few days, you squeeze it and it sticks together, it's going to stick together. You're going to need to use something like soil conditioner or something to break it back up. On the other hand, most of the time, a soil like that, even if it's been rained on for a week, you get into the middle of the pile and pull it out, it's going to have good tilth. So it depends on the components of it, but as a title, bedding, bedding mix is a safer bet than topsoil. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Long way around to that answer, but that's exactly, that is exactly how I feel about it and what's been my experience. Um, right now I'm looking at, I'm building a soil for four gigantic vegetable containers that needs to be rebuilt and um, I'm probably going to get a bag or two of something because I've already got some good soil to mix into it. That would be a use for the bag called topsoil or the bag that you don't really know what's in it, <laughs> some kind of organic matter of some sort. Don't use that as the only thing, though. Well, if it's not enough that Greenland has plant fossils a mile deep under their ice, we now know from the University of Colorado at Boulder who has been analyzing ancient DNA from lake beds in the Arctic, that in fact, it was lush and green too. And well, is it going to be again? I don't know. Woody shrubs as far north as the Canadian coast of the Arctic Ocean is what they have found. And interestingly enough, 
they've been doing this in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, their reports, because the Arctic has been warming faster than other parts of the Earth. The changes there have been greater over the last 20 or 30 years that they've been doing this. So they not only went back and looked at old samples, you know, old core samples, but they took some new ones to see what they could find out. Dwarf birch is the key species of the low Arctic tundra and um, things that are, you know, things that might be able to get as tall as your knees, but it doesn't survive much. However, it doesn't get survived very much um, past the southern part of the Baffin Island, but they found its DNA much farther north. Hmm. See, things change. That's absolutely the truth. Things change. I like that. Wow. What do you know about lemurs? <laughs> I don't know much about lemurs at all. I, they're, they're fascinating creatures, okay? But uh, I had no idea how clever they are. You always think about creatures having to survive and needing to know how to find something. The the American Journal of Physical Anthropology, gosh, I remember studying that years ago, getting papers out of that to do papers. Anyway, lots of animals use their sense of smell to locate food, but good grief, who knew a lemur can actually smell or sniff out the cues carried in the wind and find a cantaloupe in the forest where they can't see it. It's odor plumes is what these are called. Ordinarily, the ring-tailed lemurs eat, eat mixes of fruits and leaves, and so sometimes their foraging is goes better than others. So, so they've had to develop over time the ability to smell things at a greater distance than you might expect. And in this case, it's much farther. Um, it, it's like 50 feet from where they are. That's crazy. 50 feet off the path, rather. And and it was not visible. So it wasn't like they saw it. They had to smell it. I think that's great. Go lemurs. I had no idea. Kevin's in Laurel. Welcome in, Kevin. Let's talk about your, what is this, root knot nematodes? Hey, Kevin, let me see if I can do this. I don't know where the buttons are. Um, right. Hey, Kevin, go I, ahead. I'm here. Hey, What's I'm uh, thinking about trying some bunch crates, and I've read that root knot nematodes are a problem for them. And I'm wondering, is, are they just pervasive in the soil everywhere, or what? What? How can I get rid of them, or maybe get a good start on this? Um, and you want to grow bunch grapes in laurel? Yeah, we're going to give it a try. <laughs> no, okay. it's probably not favored, but well, it's a lot harder than muscadines, but. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Um, if root knot nematodes are going to be the problem, though, you are going to want to treat your soil before you plant. Um, the way root knot nematodes work is they find a host that they like and they build their population up over years. That's why, for example, we do not plant tomatoes in the same soil twice in a row because they're going to get root knot nematodes that second year. The, the tomatoes will just begin to fail, and you won't know why because they look great when you put them in. You know, it, it didn't, they didn't have any apparent problems. But when you pull them back out, all of their roots will be swollen up into fat knots, rather, and they are literally inhabited by the, the root knot nematodes. So there are products that are used to treat soil for nematodes. Many of them are byproducts of the crawfish or shrimp industry they're, they're, the chitin is what is generally put down to repel or to, to, to deter anyway it may not repel them but it will deter them to deter the root knot nematodes so I would investigate that 
Um, other than that, I don't really know what else to do to keep them from finding you except to put something out that they don't like. And in, that, in, in the case of southern fruit growers, it has generally come down to chitons. And the products are okay. the products are out there. They're not. I mean, they're not in everybody's nursery, but they're not hard to find either. Not everybody okay. wants to do what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give it a try. I don't see why so, not. So they're so they're pervasive. Well, they're yeah, they're everywhere, but they don't come okay. to bother us except in when when they're able to build up their populations. Okay, I got you. C h i t i n chitin is what you're looking for as an ingredient okay. in some product. Okay? Okay, sounds good. All righty, let me know now. I want to see that jelly. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. That's a hard one. Um, the farther south we get, the more likely we are to have leaf diseases, the more likely we are to have other problems that heat and humidity bring on for bunch grapes. So that's that's part of the thing. Uh, let's see. Stan's in Salas. Let's see what's going on there. Are you talking about pear trees today? Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Can you trim the so it won't be so tall so you can reach the actual fruit? <laughs> well, you can't do that right now, but you can do it in January of another year. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, I, that's the reason I called the experts. So. <laughs> well, thank you uh, for that title. I appreciate it. Here's the thing: oh, pear trees. All right. Thank pear, you, ma'am. That, thank you very much. Pear trees have. Um, central leaders that is to say they grow straight up that's why when they're young trees we prune them to encourage that branching okay so if you got one that's way way tall you can't do much about it right now but next winter you could begin shortening it and encouraging those side branches although part of the next problem the next phone call of course that comes after that is well okay well i did all that and now my branches are so heavy with fruit that they're falling down yes sometimes you have to prop them up because sometimes there's more of them than there is, you know, um, than, than, than there is strength to hold them up until they get used to it. And in that case, it's um, it's great, you know. Let's see, Kapaya County, um, well, I don't know what fruit tree it is. He says he wants to buy a fruit tree to plant in Kapaya County, but it is the tree is for zones 9 to 11. Are the zones guides or rules? I don't want to waste money. Well... You're getting close, but you're not in Zone 9 in Kapaya County. Um, I have to tell you, I, I, I wish I knew what tree it was so I could have an idea of what might what might work. What I think about in this is pineapple guava, which is a Zone 9 plant that I would love to be able to grow just a little farther north than Kapaya County. I could grow it in a container and keep it and protect it when I needed to. So that maybe if this isn't something that's too huge, you would be able to protect it and keep it that way. But it's not Zone 9, and usually those are pretty well-tested, um, pretty well-tested growing zones. That's why we pay so much attention to them. But tell me what it is. Hmm. <laughs> tell me what it is. I'm curious. What else is there that grows in Zone 9 to 11? Anyway. Um, something else going on is I'm not really trying to keep on an Arctic theme, but there are a lot of stories about that part of the world, a lot of reports of research going on and instances of things that have happened. Um, we've seem to have run the gamut today from Florida and invasive creatures there being banned. Uh, now we've got, um, well, it's the reindeer. The caribou, unfortunately, are not in great shape. 
and we're seeing several things kind of coming together in a way of not not working to their advantage. A new study that compares just decades of monitoring records lets us know that they are not doing as well as moose. They're not doing as well as wolves, you know, even in the same areas. For some reason, they've coexisted for, for eons. But this particular has been case has been looking at the changes in the vegetation. And, yeah, they're declining because their food sources are not there anymore. Interesting stuff. It's, it's about change. It's also about the rare over the rarer animal not being able to keep up with everybody else. Hmm. If you subscribe to my newsletter, I want to thank you very, very much for that. It's the All Things Garden Mama Weekly. You want to get in touch with me anytime during the week, you can reach me, Mama on Air at Yahoo.com. Stick around right now, though. It's weekend gardening. Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. In response to COVID-19, Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Services is offering telehealth services. During this time, health and safety are important, which is why they've expanded their offerings to include telehealth services for children, adolescents, and adults. They have outpatient teletherapy sessions available, and Pine Grove also expanded its telehealth services to include its intensive outpatient program, drug treatment program. Also, all Pine Grove Evaluation Center services are available via telehealth. Patients may call Pine Grove's National Service Center at 888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more.
Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Green, the new degree of comfort. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Bridge Builders. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. information. That is a great <laughs> cowbell in that intro. Oh, isn't that wonderful? And we all need more cowbell. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to make a Will Ferrell joke. There's, there's always, there's just something about Christopher Walken and Will Ferrell in that skit that will make you laugh. I don't care who you are. Even if you don't like cowbells, it's funny. It's I need more cowbell, baby. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Fun stuff. All right, now, I was right. Byron wants to grow pineapple guava. He's also got a variety of banana um, to grow in the ground, and indeed, there there are some that are going to be just, they're, they're marginal, they're iffy. If, for example, that strawberry guava, pineapple guava, either one, or this tender banana was in the ground during the recent weather in central Mississippi, you would be looking, even in Kapaya County, you would be looking at damage. You might not be looking at death, but you might. So it's a matter of how protected the little microclimate is where you plant them and how much you're willing to do for them in those first years to help them get very well acclimated to the setting. So that's really all I can say. They're not, they're not listed for there. They're marginal. But on the other hand, I'm... I can only tell you that maybe four out of five years, they would be fine, all right? But that fifth year would hurt you. You'd have just been getting – the zones are not all that accurate. They're accurate as they are now. But the problem is that the maps – for example, the plant will still say zone 9 to 11. But what what zone Copiah County is in may change it could i mean i don't know i haven't i haven't seen the stats i haven't looked at the how they're going to do the new map but if if your 8b went to 8a i mean your 8a went to 8b the next thing of course would be 9a so 
I'm not going to say don't do it. I'm just going to say be aware that four out of five years they'll be fine. Okay? Okay. Let's see. Oh, let's talk about whatever this is that Jim wants to talk about. I'm sorry I can't read that. Good morning, Jim. What's on your mind? Okay, I, uh, I'm going to plant a food plot with, it's the best thing I've ever run across, chufa nuts. Oh, okay, okay. And, I mean, last year I had 32 turkeys, 16 deer, and 8 dogs at one time in my backyard eating the chufa. But I just want, I've got 200 pounds of it, and it's expensive. <laughs> and I just wanted to know exactly when I should plant. Gosh, I don't even know. Um, the, the traditional is going to say when the soil is warm and... You know, that, that really does depend on where you are and how, what kind of soil you have. Right. I'm in uh, um, Leaf River Management. Yeah, that's what the guy who sold it to me said. Wait, best to wait to about 60 degrees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, that's, and that sounds real smart. Oh, gosh, Leaf River. Because you don't want it to rot. My heart. It's $80 a bag, but man. I'm exactly. exactly. I was, was going to say 70, but. I've <laughs> raccoons in my backyard. My goodness. No, one. I caught one the other day. 115 raccoons <laughs> out of my backyard. <laughs> Because they they love it. I mean, well, squirrels. You have fifty squirrels. For people that everything, don't, for everything. people that have never heard of this and wonder what we're talking about, it is actually a legume. It's in the pea and bean, bean family. Okay, but it's a bunch grass. It's not going to be like a turf. It's but it's a warm season bunch grass, and it it is something. I mean, the turkeys love it. You know, unfortunately, the wild hogs also love it. From what I'm told. So. Oh yeah, I had, <laughs> you may or may not like that, but. Um, I don't think you can plant it until it's warm. I'm I'm going to put it in the category with okra and caladiums, and you know what I mean. The the things that we expect to be having all summer, the things that are going to just rot if we put them into the cold soil. Okay. And we don't want to do that now. Since you have so much of it, you might do a little test. You might say, plant a handful this week. And a handful next week, and then the majority of it as it continues to get warmed up. But then if the first ones do well, you'll know next year that you could have planted sooner. Okay. And uh, you advised me on my blueberries a yes. years ago. How are we doing? And I've got 50 plants, probably got 30 gallons on them right there. Oh, that's just wonderful. I mean, they're going to be ready. I'm so my happy peaches, to hear that. My peaches I got from LSU. I mean, yes. it's the best peaches in the world. Do you have a variety name you can recommend? Unbelievable. Do you have a variety name? I lost a little card. Okay, that's all right. We'll go look at the LSU list. <laughs> I mean, a friend of mine gave me four of them, and they're just unbelievable. That's wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. Are they are they yellow or white fleshed? They're yellow. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. That's my favorite. I know that I know that the redder outside and whiter inside is more popular with the breeders, and it has a delicious taste to it. But there's just something about a good old yellow peach that that tickles me. All right. Thank you so much for calling today. Let me know how it goes. All right. right, Wait till it's warm, though. But go ahead and do a little test. You know, that's the thing about gardening. We have the right to do that. We We can see. All right. Up next, Mary's in Cenotopia talking about flowers today. What's up? Hi, good morning. Howdy. I uh, have uh, the Cinnamon Girl Distillium I planted in a um, house we moved into about three and a half years ago, and they absolutely are brown from the, the cold. Mm-hmm, They've mm-hmm. done gorgeous up to now, and, you know, they, they, they grow in like almost a swirl pattern, and yes. I'm clueless as to how to prune these. Okay. Are they still alive? Have you gone out and scratched the stem underneath there? Yes, yes. So they're still alive? 
Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes. I've been reading a bunch of bunch of people have been paying attention to their cinnamon girls, trust me. And it's a beautiful shrub. But this is the first year that we've had this kind of um damage, you know, in the in the area that where we're all looking at it. What I have read is don't do any pruning at this moment. See how many things, because what may happen is that the new leaves will push the old leaves off. And then if it doesn't, you'll go in and trim just a couple of inches off the tip to push that forward. But let them sit till the end of March and see if the new leaves can push off the old leaves. That sounds like a plan. So another couple of, you said the end of March. Yeah, next Next week or or even a week after that. This weather's been so goofy, but let's just say after Easter, (laughs) which will be next week. (laughs) And then at that point, if you're not seeing, if the buds are not swelling up and trying to push those old leaves, you know, the browned ones off, that would be the time to take a couple of inches off all around. Just a couple of inches off the branches. Yeah, at this point. As long as they're alive, as long as there's green underneath when you scratch it. Because what we're doing when we do this kind of pruning is we're trying to just push them. And we don't want to lose, you know, they're not that fast growing. We don't want to lose a lot of size if we don't have to. Thank you, ma'am. I think about pruning. You know, think about pruning. We can always prune more, but we can't prune less. True. So, <laughs> thank you, ma'am. I bet they're going to be fine. I'm hearing from I'm hearing about them from all over the place. By the way, if you don't know um, the, the Cinnamon Girl Distilling, they're beautiful, beautiful shrubs. And and some that everybody needs to know. Everybody needs to know about just because they're different. That's really neat. Um, let me see now then. We're talking about the scale insects. Um, yeah, root knot nematodes could be a problem. Mosquito fish, gambusa, gambusia, G-A-M-B-U-S-I-A. They are our friends. <laughs> They're, they're literally our friends in this particular part of the business. Um, I'm so glad that so many of y'all decided to come in on the call line today and the text line. We will be here live and in color without Easter eggs next week. <laughs> that is unless one of us gets a job um, suddenly as a bunny rabbit that we don't expect to have. We, we expect that we will be right here. We thank you all very, very much for your time today, for your attention. Don't forget, come and see me, Mama on Air at Yahoo.com. Go, come on over and join me at Patreon.com slash Garden Mama. And please, please, please come back right here next week for more weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. The Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. Farming isn't exactly the simple life. It involves satellites and spreadsheets and high-tech machinery to succeed. 
You need equipment like spreaders and sprayers and combines and the financial tools as well. For more than 100 years, Mississippi Land Bank has provided the loans that equip agricultural businesses. We understand what it takes to make a farm work, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand. Mississippi Land Bank, mslandbank.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at The Range in Gluckstadt. This month, we'll be celebrating the anniversary of our first year in business. My wife, Jane, never misses a chance to remind me how bad my timing was to open a retail gun store right at the start of a global pandemic. But thanks to many of you, we've had a great year. Plus, we've made a lot of new friends. We have ammo arriving daily, and you will find our prices to be the lowest in the area. We'll be offering specials all month to celebrate me proving my wife wrong. So I hope you'll come see us. Are you turning 65? Humana can provide answers to your Medicare questions, including what are my Medicare plan options? Which Medicare plan is right for me? And how do I choose a Medicare plan? Listening, learning, and providing whole health support that meets you where you are. That's what we call human care. To learn more, call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local Humana sales agent. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.